0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Bite Nation, channel 156.
2: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I break down part one of the WWE Superstar Shakeup, Who moved from SmackDown, NXT, and 205 Live to Monday Night Raw. Plus, everyone's up in arms about the Viking experience. Sami Zayn turns on his hometown crowd. And Lacey Evans is the number one contender for Becky Lynch's Raw Women's Championship. We got a superstar shakeup. We definitely got that last night on Monday Night Raw.
3: So I'll start off with the obvious easy question. What did you think of the show? I
2: uh, I will say this. I thought it was a very good wrestling show. The wrestling, and this is, this is funny when it comes to a Monday Night Raw, but maybe we're seeing it more and more. I thought what we saw inside the ring was fantastic, but at the same time for a superstar shakeup, A lot of confusion
3: outside the ring, Bully. Uh, Yeah, I'm not quite sure who's going to be where, but I think that's a good thing for the WWE because it forces you to watch SmackDown last night. Like within the first like 10 to 15 minutes of the show last night, I realized that, ah, they're not going to give us definitive answers tonight because if they gave us definitive answers on Raw, you'd have no reason to watch SmackDown. So I don't think things are going to be clear until after SmackDown tonight. Like there's no reason why we can't see people who wrestled on Raw last night actually show up on SmackDown? I mean, I know they said that there were some definitive people, like we know the Miz is going to be on Raw, and obviously there were a couple of uh, the Usos are going to be on Raw, and then I, I was actually happy to see on the graphic that um, uh, Eric um, Eric oh Young, yeah, Eric Young is going to be on Raw. They didn't say Sanity; they just said Eric Young, and Eric Young is one of those guys that I'd like to see them, you know, hand the ball and see what he can do with. So we didn't get a lot of, uh, a lot of definitive answers, the, and I agree with you, the wrestling was good last night, um, and I was happy to see the attention paid to tag team wrestling last night, which you know, I'm always a fan of, and um, overall, I thought it was a good show um not not fair not great it was good
2: yeah and and that's all you can ask for for a three hour plus show and you're right there was confusion guys that you weren't really sure you know perfect example would be lars sullivan lars sullivan was in the ring and michael cole was is he a part of raw or not they weren't definitively sure but going to wwe.com they made things definitive So right now, from what we saw last night, AJ Styles is a part of Raw, The Miz, Ricochet and Aleister Black, the Viking Experience, formerly known as the War Raiders, who are still your NXT champions on NXT. So that's going to be very interesting what happens with that tag team. Andrade with Zelina Vega, Rey Mysterio, Lars Sullivan, The Usos, Naomi, EC3, which I already thought EC3 was a part of Raw, but I guess now it's official. Lacey Evans, Eric Young, and from 205 Live, Cedric Alexander.
3: Okay, so there's no chance that these people, these wrestlers, will show up on SmackDown tonight. Well, I mean, you never know. Well, they alluded alluded last night to the fact that these, these wrestlers could show up on SmackDown. Or at least that's the picture that they painted to me. Well, the way
2: that this is painted, again, uh, you know, from their social media and WWE.com after the show was over, that these wrestlers have moved from one brand to Raw. Now, when we watch tonight, I guess anything is possible because I was kind of surprised with EC3 I thought after what I saw last night and what Braun Strowman did to EC3 I was like oh my god EC3 is moving over to SmackDown he almost has to but they said word that he's still part of Monday Night Raw but like you said that's a reason why you have to tune into
3: SmackDown Live tonight and I think that's one of the other things we're going to get into today um, specifically EC3 and his treatment Um, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm a little shocked by it um I don't um I don't understand why it's going on. It seems like there must be some kind of maybe they just don't like his look or maybe they don't like the way he talks or maybe they don't like something about him because they are I, I mean I don't know of anybody that they're using as fodder more than EC3 right now. I agree. And I actually
2: thought things were going to change because going back to last night with EC3 bully they actually showed his entrance so I was like wow this is a major step in the right direction that they're actually showing you know hearing his music and and watching his entrance but then his opponent's Braun Strowman and you know things got really bad really quick you know you bring up some interesting things you know maybe they don't like his look maybe you know maybe they don't like his in-ring style maybe he's not a fit right now well if that's the case then why did you move him off of NXT to begin
3: with That's the exact point I brought up on social media um, after the segment last night. I mean, Braun obliterated him. Um, Braun cracked him in the back of the head with a good shot on the ramp. I mean, you know, it, it, it was a definitive moment for Braun last night where, you know, he was basically told, you know, go out there, you know, get your stuff in, make it look good and, you know, destroy the guy. And and I get that. But my my point with EC3 is this. You spent you spent time in putting him in these vignettes. You spent time building him up. Obviously, he was doing really well in NXT. My my point was quite simplistic. It's not like I reinvented the wheel here. Why the hell would you bring him up? Yeah. What's the point? If you have absolutely nothing for him and I know he had those two matches with Dean. He won one, he lost one. But if there's nothing really good for him why not just leave him in NXT and allow him to get more reps more time under his belt double park him in NXT if you have to I mean look look at a guy like Velveteen right uh they're they haven't brought him up yet He he's chomping at the bit to get up but the timing is not right for him to be up so you leave him in NXT I mean, we've talked about other guys who we'd like to have seen left in NXT if they don't have anything definitive for him. And I think EC3 is a perfect example of that because from day one, uh, it has not gone well for him. And he's in quicksand.
2: Yeah, and and maybe, and listen, I can't believe I'm actually saying this because I love EC3. Obviously, I was a big fan of his when he was with TNA. And he's he's former TNA champion, for crying out loud. But could they have brought him up to be just what he is could they have brought him up from nxt just to be enhancement
3: talent on the main roster i don't know why you would why would you um uh, i mean let's talk about guys who are who have kind of fallen into the abyss of enhancement talent let's let's take guys like zach Ryder and kurt hawkins who are your current champions yes they threw him a bone with the championships right yes Okay, those guys weren't doing anything. Those guys are kind of lingering around the bottom of the card for a long time, but EC3 is being treated, uh, for lack of a better word, worse than those guys were. I mean, th- those guys, even even Hawkins losing every single match was more entertaining than watching EC3 get destroyed every week. Yeah, it or, was. It was or, the, or doing that was his gimmick. With him. Yeah. yeah. And and it was entertaining to see him lose because you knew once he finally won a match, it was going to mean something. So when him and Zach win the championships at WrestleMania, it meant something, and it's a feel good moment. I don't know what the redemption feel good moment for EC3 is, and, and I'm starting to think outside of the box here. And this is this is really you know I'm 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 really pulling stuff out of thin air. I mean. Is it Dave, let me ask you your opinion. Is it residual TNA heat? I mean, I I don't think so because you look I mean, at it CNA, sound it sounds juvenile to even say that. Just but.
2: because you look at the other TNA talent that's moved over, you know, first with NXT and then on the main roster, Samoa Joe being an example of that, like I don't see that with any other talent with the exception of Eric Young. And I, I would hope after a bit of a change and now him moving over to Monday Night Raw, hopefully we see a change with Eric Young. I'm hopeful. But to me, they're both on the same plane. Two guys that were doing special things on NXT, moved to the main roster just to lose. But even with EC3, it seems to be on a totally different plane, even from Eric Young. And I don't think they've used Eric Young well by any stretch of the imagination. It's almost like they're going out of their way
3: to embarrass EC3. Um, I would agree. I mean, that's what my eyes are telling me. And the only reason I brought up the residual TNA heat, and I, and I wrote it down last night with, with three huge question marks next to it. Um, I would have never have started to think that if it wasn't for something that I heard uh, Corey say on commentary. and. Um, it was during the AJ match. Mm-hmm. AJ was in the ring, and Corey specifically said, "AJ spent time on the independent scene, and then went to J- to Japan before coming to the WWE." So he either lumped TNA into the independent scene, or he totally didn't mention TNA at all. And as somebody who's been there, as wrestling fans, as you know we are, we know that TNA was not an independent it. We can agree on that. Yes, definitely. So if if they're not an independent, and Corey went out of his way to not mention it at all, and then seeing how they're treating EC3, I'm just I'm just wondering if it's you know residual heat. I mean, EC3 was a part of their developmental eons ago. Um, I think it went back when it was called FCW, and the, and they let him go, and then he went on to uh, you know TNA and and made a name for himself. Such a good name for himself that they brought him back. Why bring him back for for no good reason? And it's funny because if
2: anyone's a fan that's listening to this, when it came to NXT, EC3 did some good things on NXT, but they really didn't make him a part of anything. They didn't give him like a big piece of meat to chew on with NXT. And I thought the reason for that was because this guy's custom made to be on the main roster. That's how I felt. But obviously, something must have changed from the transition. Something must have happened very early. Because like you said, they had vignettes for EC3. So it wasn't just somebody they pulled out, threw him out there. They built him for a while before they actually had him debut. And let's talk about that for a quick second before we move on. They really didn't have him debut in the ring. Let's not forget, they had those vignettes for a long time. And then you saw him a bunch backstage backstage before he actually saw him in the ring something
3: must have gone awry early for ec3 to get this kind of treatment and in the wrestling business something can go awry really quick it, it, it can be just about anything especially in the world of wwe you know somebody just might have not liked the way he looked his facials, he does have a bit of a quirkiness to him, the way he smirks and smiles, and maybe somebody thought that that wasn't connecting, I don't know what the answer is, I do know this, I do know that the guy is talented, I do know that the guy has proven himself outside of WWE, I do know that he was doing well in NXT, and if you didn't have something really definitive for him, I would have left him there. To, to continue to get better and then brought him up when you had something because I don't think they had anything for him because they lumped him into those six people that they were bringing up at one time yeah
2: and, and other than Lacey Evans you kind of had to shake your head about what's going on but then Lars Sullivan too is somebody they're obviously going to push to the moon especially after what we saw last night
1: the open podcast.
2: Ivar and Eric The Viking experience getting a big win on Monday Night Raw. I'll stick with War Machine. Can't, though, Bully. (laughs) They're not. People, it's unbelievable the response to this on social media. The response still. I mean, tweets today, people are saying, please don't call them that. But That's what they're called now. They're called the Viking Experience. And much like the toddlers that are at Disney World this morning waiting to get on the Viking Experience on Little Tiny World as part of the Epcot Center, that's what this team is now called. They are called the Viking
3: Experience. I mean, just simply, I'm not a fan of the name. That's all. Uh, I I just don't... Listen, I've seen these guys you know, before as war machine. And I thought that was the most fitting name ever for them. Yes. And then obviously they get the call and they go to NXT and they're going to change the name because they have to put, you know, their, their print on them. And I get that. So you call them the war Raiders. eh, Not in my opinion, not as good as war machine, but i'll take it. I can deal with it as a name change, and they did a gr- great job as the War Raiders, right? Yes, now you get called up to the main roster, and here you go. you debut, and everybody sees them, and everybody pops because it's the War Raiders, and now all of a sudden they had on the Viking helmets, and they have a different um a different team name and the Viking experience, and they have different first names and then the thing that really threw it off of me was the blonde wig. <laughs> I just, sorry. Uh, yeah. Listen, I, I get it. They're going to be bigger names now being on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown or where, wherever they end up. People are going to know the Viking experience more than they're going to know the War Raiders. I get it. I can I can tell you all of the pros that WWE is looking at today when it comes to the Viking experience. But I can't get on board with the name. I can't get on board with the with the helmet kind of. It almost looked, it looked goofy to me. It didn't look like John Nord to me. You know, I, here's the problem that I have with it. And I, I, I
2: excuse the word, but it's the best way I could describe it. It's stupid. It's just stupid because you just said it. All right, they were war machine. All right, WWE. As we know, we've become accustomed to, when you're now part of the WWE, there's going to be changes. Obviously, there's exceptions, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, even EC3. They didn't They didn't make a change with the name or the character. But most of the time, Bully, we've learned throughout the history of the WWE, they're going to make some changes. Obviously, Dusty Rhodes being the, the big example of all time. All right, so you so you you change them to War Raiders. Okay. They're NXT champions. They've been part of the WWE brand for a while now. They've played in front of sold out houses. And again, they're 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 still your NXT tag team champions. So, like are they going to be one name on NXT and a different name on Monday Night Raw? I I I and then the other thing on top of it. All right, we saw it with the Road Warriors. All right, they were they were the Road Warriors and now they're the Legion of Doom. All right, if you want, I don't agree with it, but if you want to go from War Raiders to the Viking experience, I hate it, but okay. But now you change their names too, you know, Rowan Hansen and now they're Eric and Ivar. Well, I, Ivar. I, I, it, it boggles my mind. They're part of the WWE already. Bully. I, I, I. They're tag team champions for crying out loud. They, they. They got a pop in Montreal. People knew who they were. Why do you feel the need to change the name of the name of the team and to change their personal names? It makes no sense to me. They're part of the WWE.
3: I. I, I, I I'm flabbergasted at this change. When I, when I you know, try to analyze it and think about the why and the internal why of WWE, like what happened? They got there and the name changed. Why? Well, I saw something on social media last night that was interesting. Mick Foley said that WWE would never allow the word war, W-A-R, to be a part of their programming. And I said, okay, right, maybe that's true because there are some trigger words and some taboo words within the wwe universe so maybe war is one of them but then i thought to myself this if you know war is a trigger word and you know if war is a word that we don't want to use on the main roster why ever change their name to war raiders I mean, obviously, the idea is not to stay in NXT for the rest of your life, and especially a team like that, you want to move them up. So why call them the War Raiders? I would have much preferred that for them to go from War Machine to Viking Experience in NXT. Now... Realize, Understand what I'm saying, Dave. I don't like the name Viking Experience, but I'd rather have seen that immediate name change. Yes. So then they could have established Viking Experience and we could have gotten Viking Experience last night. That would have been a smooth transition. This is their second name change now. And this, this name change is an abrupt name change with abrupt uh, first name changes also and a bit of a, I'm sorry, it's a wonky look, especially the blonde wig. I agree with that, too. And and, and Viking experience, to me, Bully, it just sounds
2: lazy. It, it, it sounds like they didn't put any thought into it. And I know, listen, and this is the fan talking, Bully, so chastise me, if you will. It's almost like Vince McMahon watched TakeOver in Brooklyn, saw their entrance, saw that Viking entrance and said, why are we calling these guys War Raiders? They're Vikings. Let's call them Viking Experience. And it's like, okay,
3: boss, let's call them Viking Experience. And now that's their name. And, and maybe he knew a little bit about their personal lives also, because didn't uh, Warbeard Hanson um, have like a Viking wedding?
2: Yes, he did.
3: So maybe Vince is looking into it. This is who they really are. This is their real backgrounds. Maybe that was the reasoning for it. I don't know. I'll tell you this, though. With all of the people that are unhappy with the name change and all of the people that are bitching and moaning about it, you know what Vince is going to do next week, right? What's that? He's going to make them the tag team champions just to shove it up everybody's ass. It might be the best thing to happen to them.
2: And you know what, Bully? I think the biggest point of all is the one you just made. If they came over from Ring of Honor and they're a part of NXT, and you, right off the bat you called them the Viking experience, we would have been, Ugh. This is terrible, but after like a few weeks, we would have gotten used to it, and then we would have seen the Viking Experience debut on Monday Night Raw last night, and we would all be happy and excited about it, but the fact that you established them as War Raiders and the fact that they are NXT, and they still are, NXT Tag Team Champions, and again, we just saw them WrestleMania weekend in front of a sold-out crowd. In Brooklyn, and a lot of people are saying that their match was the match of the night at NXT Takeover, and to have them debut under a different name and have their names personally changed as well, like you know Hanson. I mean, I, what's wrong with what's wrong with the name Hanson? Nothing, in my opinion. And 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 and, and if you're gonna go for that whole Viking motif, isn't Ro a much cooler name than Eric?
3: I mean, Eric. Well, like the, uh, who, one of the most famous Vikings is Eric the Red. Oh, okay, so I, 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 listen, I'm just trying to give you some logic here. and you know what?
2: actually, you're doing the best job of all of actually making this logical. It's just hard for me to digest because of the fact under the WWE banner, you've already established them as a tag team, and they've hold championship gold. that's what that's my biggest problem with the tag team change.
3: One of the one of the glaring things that I saw on social media last night was, whenever um, something happens within the WWE or even wrestling for that for that matter, that people, a majority of people don't like. There is still a minority that'll either make an argument for it or will will like it. Last night, I don't think I saw anybody say that they actually liked the change. I mean. Hundreds and hundreds of tweets of not on board, don't like it, this is not good. And I mean, some people went as far as to say that these guys are buried. These guys are not buried by the name change, okay? Um, uh, They debuted on Monday Night Raw. They won the match with their finish. They're not buried. So let, let, let's get that out of our head. I mean, I'm not going to tell you that within two or three years, we might revisit that word because anything can happen in the WWE. True. But as of today, they are not buried because of a name change. And, and, I, and I will tell you this, with the power of Monday Night Raw and the machine behind them, more people around the world this morning know the Viking experience than the war raiders that i agree with and the fact that they made this change and the fact that there's been tweaks
2: to it probably makes me think the opposite they're definitely not going to get buried because obviously someone's invested enough to make these changes and have them win their debut so i mean i think it's if if anything it's going to be the complete opposite of being buried
3: and you know if you look outside the box with this sarah logan who's who's married to is it Rowan Hanson? i forget It's Hanson, correct. I think it's Hanson, yes. Okay. Uh, Sarah Logan, part of the Riot Squad, married to Hanson. They had a Viking wedding. If you actually go on her Twitter page, you'll see a picture of her. I believe in her traditional uh, Viking garb or, you know, she was very proud of the fact that she was in that Viking wedding. I I guess that's the lifestyle that they lead, Uh, and I commend them for that. Maybe down the road, if anything ever were to go wrong with the Riot Squad, they would bring in... You know, uh, Logan into the mix with them. I mean, there's options there. So I don't, I definitely don't see buried as of right now. And like I said, from the WWE's point of view, the biggest argument I could make for these guys on a positive level is that people all over the world in the WWE universe know who the Viking experience are today.
1: The Busted Open Podcast.
2: What I thought was a great segment with Sami Zayn when he was on A Moment of Bliss. And courtesy of WWE.com, let's listen in to Sami Zayn.
0: I figured it out. What you guys do is you project your unaddressed issues, right? Your anger, your insecurity, your failures, and you project all that onto me. Quite frankly, I'm not accepting it. I don't accept it, I think it's disgusting, and I think you should all be ashamed of yourselves.
3: Now, I know last week you came out and you said that everyone over-critiques you, but here's the thing, is it because you're so perfect that you're the best that you really think that these people are what's wrong with WWE? Your people are the problem with WWE? They're not.
0: Let, let Let me just cut you off there for a second, Alexa. I was born here, but these are not my people. Yeah, I don't even live here anymore. Yeah, I moved to sunny Orlando, Florida. I chose to leave Montreal before, just like I'm choosing to leave Montreal again right now. I know where I'm going. Yeah, see you in hell. I mean, really good
2: segment with Sami Zayn because to start that, he had the crowd in the palm of his hands. They were cheering him. He got an amazing pop, probably the biggest pop of the night. And then they were singing along to his entrance theme and he had him chanting and everything else. And just like that, he had that crowd booing. Pretty good job by Sami Zayn, Bully.
3: I was like a little kid watching that um segment last night because when he was dancing around with the crowd for the second time and he ran down to the ring, I was just salivating, just waiting because I knew he was going to shove the knife right inside of that entire crowd and twist it and turn it and then pull that knife out and pour salt right on the wound. And that's exactly what he did. Last night was masterful, but it was masterful in other ways. Last night was very simple. It's easy for Sami Zayn to go out in front of his hometown crowd and get a massive reaction, especially Montreal. Canadian fans are so passionate about wrestling and even more passionate about their Canadian wrestlers. So he goes out there and gets this massive response, flips the switch, heals the piss out of him, and then they hate him, right? Yep. Complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Love and hate. What did that do to everybody sitting at home in Des Moines, Iowa, Bangor, Maine, Duluth, Sheboygan, Wisconsin? What did it do to the WWE universe watching all over the world when it comes to the perception of Sami Zayn?
2: Well, I mean, it's listen, his hometown crowd is booing him. So I would think that's going to resonate with everybody that's watching on TV.
3: Absolutely, man. It's very Pavlovian. If you're sitting at home and you're watching and you're seeing a guy like Sami Zayn get this massive babyface response. Oh, my God. This guy is a star. And then you see him heal the piss out of everybody like, oh, my God, I hate him. Sami Zayn got the best of both worlds last night. And now the perception of people watching at home will think that he's a bigger star for it. So now when you go to see Sami Zayn in Des Moines or in Bangor locally, you have a bigger perception of him. He was able to use last night's TV show and get a, he's going to probably get a lot of mileage out of that. So the next time you see him show up in these other towns, whether it be on Raw, SmackDown or a live event, you're going to have more of an emotional investment in Sami Zayn. That business that they did last night was so good on so many different levels.
2: Yeah, and you know what? Alexa Bliss did a really good job, too. She didn't say much, but she didn't have to. Just even that, like, because obviously Alexa Bliss is over with the crowd. So when she was like, how rude, like, that grew more booze for Sami Zayn. So I thought everybody did
3: their role perfectly last night. Alexa is probably one of the best on the microphone and extremely underrated When it comes to the messages she's able to get out there, she reacts better than anybody I see in the WWE. Her reactions, her facial expressions, the, the, the way she chooses to throw a word in here or there is on par with any of the great, the best speakers in the WWE right now.
2: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it looks like, especially coming off of WrestleMania thirty five and that segment with Hogan, I'm guessing Alexa Bliss right now is a face. Obviously she was one of the bigger heels, but that shows talent too to be able to change and for the and for the fans to buy in and and not make it jolting with the transition. And I think Alexa Bliss has been able to do that. And what Sami Zayn is doing reminds me of Daniel Bryan. I mean, Daniel Bryan comes back from injury. Everybody loves Daniel Bryan, and he turns on him, and now he's the most hated. Coming out of what we saw last night, I think the same thing for Sami Zayn. Uh,
3: I agree with you. Uh, just getting back to Alexa for one second. Sure, she's been able to. She's been able to transition from wrestler to host or personality, whatever you want to call it, so well. Do you even want to see her back in the ring? You know what? No. I, I got to be honest. I love the role that she's
2: playing right now. I don't need to see her in the ring.
3: I really I, don't. I could almost see them doing a, a story with Alexa, and I'm talking off the top of my head here, where she actually um, vies for control of the entire company. I could see her in that position where she's the dual, you know, uh, uh, GM of Raw and SmackDown because she does such a good job on the microphone. I could see, uh, like if this is 20 years ago, um, I could see Alexa Bliss catching the eye of Vince McMahon and Alexa being Vince McMahon's, you know... uh, you know, little girlfriend who's snuggling up to Vince and Shane and Stephanie getting mad and saying, don't you see what she's doing, dad? She's just trying to take control of the company. And Vince doesn't care because he has an attractive, you know, young lady next to him. That's the kind of stuff that I think that, Is very entertaining.
2: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to what they do next because I thought Sami Zayn last week was fantastic, and he was even better this week on Monday Night Raw. All right, let's go back out to the Busted Open Nation. Let's go out to Clarence in Maryland, who wants to talk about Lacey Evans. Clarence, what did you want to say about Lacey Evans, my friend? uh, Clarence. All right, Clarence is listening to his radio and not the phone. We'll see if he comes back. Let's go out to Michael in New Mexico. Michael, what's going on?
4: Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Thanks for taking my call. Bully Ray, I'm a huge fan of yours, man. Thanks, man. Uh, so, uh, I just wanted to get my thoughts on Raw. I thought Raw was great last night, uh, except for the whole Viking experience. Uh, they they could have gone with a better name, but you know what? It, it is what it is. Like you guys said, we're just going to have to deal with it and move on. And, and I just want to get my thoughts on SmackDown tonight. Uh, hopefully, week, hopefully, and... I'm kind of shooting this, shooting on this, but I hope we get to see the uh, Undisputed Era. That'd be a nice tag team to come in and try and take them uh, tag titles off the Hardy Boys. Uh, but I think the biggest acquisition, and I think they're going to let us down, is probably going to be Roman. I mean, that,
2: that, to, that would be a letdown to you?
4: Yeah, I think it'd be a letdown if, if Vince is making this whole thing of that it's the biggest acquisition, and then all of a sudden it's the big dog, Roman Reigns. Uh, just comes out and, and, you know, that's the biggest acquisition. I, I, I That's just my thought on it. I think it's going to be a letdown.
2: All right, Michael, a, a couple of points here. Uh, Hardy Boys are the tag champs right now. I would think that the Hardy Boys are tag champs because they're going to get a new team over. Maybe it's a new team that's coming up from NXT and maybe it's the Undisputed Era that we see tonight on SmackDown. I, I mean, is it the right time for them to come up? I mean, no. But you can make the case for a couple of the wrestlers that we've seen moved over from NXT to the main roster. I mean, because if you era is, uh, really, ahead, really quick, I'm sorry, but because if you lose the undisputed era, what do you have on NXT? You just lost Alistair Black. You lost lost Ricochet. You lost the Viking Experience. I mean, what what are you gonna have left? Champ is injured. What are you gonna have left on NXT?
3: Yeah, I'm not really sure. Plus, as a faction. I'd love to see them feud with a faction. Okay. So, uh, you, and, and, and listen this this is, and this is just real outside of the box thinking, right? I would have loved to, a guys like undisputed era. How do you get them over in an instant, right? Well, you just put DX into the Hall of Fame, you know? Have DX say their final goodbye on SmackDown. Has DX ever been on SmackDown? I don't know. I'm just saying. DX says their goodbye. Have the undisputed Eric come in and destroy DX and take their Hall of Fame rings. Wow, how's I, that for getting somebody over? I mean, would 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 Triple H let that happen? My point is this. <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> My point is this. If you no, I, I know you would goof around. But if you're going to bring up this faction and you want this faction to be strong on the main roster, as strong as it is in NXT, you got to give them something strong. So you advertise on SmackDown, DX's final farewell of their Hall of Fame tour, and here comes DX out on SmackDown. You're going to get people watching at home because DX is on SmackDown, and they're not really synonymous with SmackDown, Right. Get people going crazy. Everybody, hey, you know, uh, you know, suck it. Everybody's going crazy. Undisputed era hits and lays out. Everybody in DX takes all of their Hall of Frame rings or something to that effect. Now you just got some a new faction over in the snap of a finger. Yeah,
2: and you know, every and again everybody in that arena is gonna be booing. Cause I think if, if you debuted Undisputed Era, they're gonna get a pop, they're gonna get cheered. But if you have them take out like legends like DX, your reaction is gonna be completely different. The other thing that the caller mentioned was Roman Reigns. And I understand he was saying the big dog, the biggest acquisition. I don't know if that he wouldn't like it, but I actually wouldn't mind seeing Roman Reigns move over to
3: SmackDown, Bully. Sure, it'd be a nice change. Do you notice anything about Roman's entrance last night? No. The boos are coming back. You know what?
2: We didn't get a chance to say this, but being at MetLife Stadium for WrestleMania 35... Um there were some boos in MetLife Stadium for Roman Reigns as well. Huh. It's 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 interesting that it happened this quick that the fans are starting to boo Roman again.
3: Uh
2: it's not I'm, nearly I'm, I'm, I'm as not bad shocked. as it was, but you're starting to get the boo birds again for
3: Roman. I heard it last night. I I heard it definitively last night. Yep. You're right. So so if he if Vince is promising this, you know, this big Star that's never been over, and Roman is a big star, probably the biggest star in the WWE. And he's never been on SmackDown, right? Yeah. And you build it up, and out comes Roman. What kind of reaction do you think we're getting? He's getting booed. Where are they tonight?
2: Montreal. They're still in Montreal.
3: Oh, okay. They're doing a double shot in Montreal? Yes.
2: Oof. <laughs> dangerous territory. That's definite, right, Alex? They're in Montreal tonight. Yeah,
3: Alex says yes. So, yeah, yeah. they're in Montreal. Tonight. Dangerous territory. That is
2: dangerous. Uh,
3: those uh, canadian fans montreal fans toronto fans they think the way they want to think not the way they've been programmed to think so should be interesting
1: like what you're hearing catch busted open live weekdays from 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 or on demand with the sirius xm app
2: i have been critical of becky lynch over the last couple of months going into WrestleMania 35. In a lot of ways, I feel like they almost cooled Becky Lynch down over the last couple of months before WrestleMania 35. Um, I know what you're alluding to, Bully, and you'll get into it, obviously, with the crowd reaction. I didn't think she got a great reaction. Did she get a good reaction? Absolutely. The fans love Becky Lynch. But it was not Kofi Kingston-esque, the pop for Becky Lynch last night on Monday Night Raw. And the win over Ruby Riot didn't really do a lot for me either because lately everybody's beating Ruby Riot. I I, I can't put my finger on it. It just feels like something's missing from Becky. Even with their promo, it didn't have that oomph to that promo. It's almost like a paint by numbers promo coming from Becky Lynch. At least that's my feeling from what I saw last night.
3: Okay, and you're you're putting you're putting the gun right to her head, which I understand. Um, and I'm going to put the gun to the head of the situation and the story. You could take Becky Lynch out of this equation and put in another fan favorite. The chase is now over. So now that the chase is over, what do you do and where do you go next to get people? as on board as they were with the chase and that's going to be really difficult because the most important part of that chase is gone now if Rhonda's really taken off to go make babies what do you do if charlotte's not around with becky what do you do yeah you could put becky in the ring with ruby riot but then she's going to get the reaction that you're describing so my that was my question before we went to break now that the chase is over, will she be getting the same type of reactions? It seems like, by your answer, Dave, the answer is no.
2: It's it's Again, it's wait and see as well. All right, on Raw, Lacey Evans. You know, Lacey Evans had a really good showing last night. Let's see if she can build on that and build on a story with Becky Lynch. But who is going to be Becky's opponent on SmackDown Live? Because I'll be honest with you, Bully. If it's Asuka, it's going to be hard for me not to root for Asuka. Because she's got a lot of gripes, just like Becky did in her story. What was Becky's gripes? Hey, you know what? Charlotte was entitled. She kept getting opportunity after after opportunity. Becky, what was one of her gripes? I'm getting overlooked. Why am I getting overlooked? I'm one of the best out there, and I keep getting overlooked. Or isn't that kind of Asuka's gripes as well? I mean, she tapped out Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble, then she's off TV for five weeks. You know, she kind of got pushed aside because they had to make room for Charlotte in the main event, and all of a sudden Asuka went from being in the best match at WrestleMania 34 to being on the pre-show for WrestleMania 35.
3: I'm just saying, that's the truth. That's the reality of the situation with Asuka. A couple of people have already tweeted me pictures of Asuka for when she was back in Japan. Heal Asuka with the, with the crazy clown makeup with the exorcist eyes bleeding makeup. I love it. I, I, I hope that's the direction they go in with her. That's the direction I would go in. Now I know it's you know, PG and they don't want to scare kids away, but give her, Asuka that heel look. Give her that mist. Let her be aggressive. Complete change. I think that's the kind of heel that Becky needs right now. Becky needs somebody. Everybody needs somebody. So when you hear me say Becky needs somebody, I'm not ragging on Becky. Austin needed McMahon. As great as Steve Austin was, without Vince McMahon, does he get to that level? Becky needed Charlotte. And even more, she needed Rhonda. Everybody needs somebody. Now... Who does Becky need? Becky needs somebody that can get heat on her so the people want to see Becky retain. want to see her win. Lacey not, um Lacey's a good start. I think Lacey I, I think Lacey and Becky is going to be interesting. Yeah but I think Asuka is going to be man, I could see her being the heel of all heels in that company.
2: Yeah, this is going to be really interesting what happens, especially when it comes to Becky. Lacey Evans, you're right. Great start. Let's see if they can build on it. I think we all would love to see, you know, Asuka have that edge. And, you know, again, like those pictures, and I'm retweeting it too, you know, some of these pictures with the makeup on and how scary she can be, and she's already a badass. So Asuka could be something very special on SmackDown Live and be that heel that Becky needs to go up against. But I want to see something more from Becky as well. This is where you got to turn it up, okay? Her little cocky attitude and the sly Becky, all right, that worked in this story with Rhonda and with Charlotte. But now she's got to turn it up a notch. Every great champion, once they're champion, they got to turn it up a notch. You're now, hey, everyone's looking at you. You're the man. You're the face, you know, historic win at WrestleMania 35. I want to hear a little bit more from her with her promos. I want to see a little bit more of her and an edge in the ring.
3: Am I wrong by asking, about, asking for those things from Becky Lynch? No, Dave, no, because Wrestling 101, and if we, as we've talked about in the past, there's one thing, it's one thing to ask people to pay their hard-earned money to see you win. But to have them pay their hard-earned money to see you retain, that's when you know you have a true megastar. That's where the money is. Look at all of the biggest baby faces in the history of the WWE. Austin Rock, Hogan, uh, Cena. Not only did people pay to see them win, they paid to see them retain. Yes. I've gone on record to say I don't think anybody's ever going to be as big as John Cena anymore. I don't think anybody anybody is going to pay to see any one particular wrestler retain anymore as much as they're going to see the product. The Becky chase was an incredible story, and it worked, and it got paid off. Now what do we do? We need a credible heel to put Becky back down because Becky is a fighter, Becky Balboa. We want to see her constantly fight back and fight up from the ashes. We need people to do that. Lacey and oscar those are some good choices
2: yeah and you just and it's funny how you called her becky balboa she was the underdog becky was the ultimate underdog we told the story here you know at first don't forget that wwe wanted you to boo becky in that's in that story with charlotte and we were kind of saying how the hell are people gonna boo becky when she's the underdog and everything she's saying is 100 percent correct but she's no longer the underdog she's the champion and they haven't done her a lot of favors. Let's be honest. You know, her tapping to Asuka at the Rumble, the whole knee injury fiasco, you know, her making those two promises on SmackDown that she didn't deliver on. She said she was going to tap somebody out. That didn't happen. The pin that wasn't at WrestleMania 35. Now, none of these things you can necessarily point at Becky and say it was her fault, but the, call, the, the cards fall where they fall, and it's kind of fallen kind of wrong, though the fans still love her. But you're right. You thought you were going to get a bigger pop at WrestleMania 35 than you did, and you thought you were going to get bigger responses for Becky than you have since the win at WrestleMania 35. They're Lit- certainly not comparable to what Kofi
3: Kingston is getting since WrestleMania 35 or at WrestleMania 35. Agreed. And I and I and I'll give her a pass on the reaction at WrestleMania thirty five, which was good. But man, that's asking a lot of people who've been True. sitting around for, you know, seven hours, you know, to pop as if, you know, they're seeing Steve Austin in the second hour of the show. Or 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 more factually, pop as if they're getting Kofi Kingston in the second hour of the show. Uh, that response was off the charts, and I even brought it up. If they were to reverse roles would, you know, Becky have gotten that reaction and the answer is yes. It's about the reactions coming out of WrestleMania. And this this goes for anybody who's a world champion. It's not just to Becky. How are they responding to you? Are they as into you after you've won as they were before you won? And that's what that's what separates everybody at the top. The true people at the top, the true megastars of the WWE, people will pay to see them retain.
2: You know, it's so funny. I'm just looking over the roster because I'm trying to see who would be a fit for Becky, especially on SmackDown right now. If you're not going to go back to Charlotte, which they shouldn't because the story's been told, And if you're not going to go to Asuka, there really isn't anybody out there that I would think would be a good fit for Becky Lynch for her first title defense on SmackDown right
3: now. Um, I mean, if, if, if the way you're going is, I mean, obviously they painted a picture last night with Lacey, correct? Yes. Okay. So I think Lacey will beat Natty. Wait. Lacey beat Natty last time. Yes, yeah, so she's so the Lacey number one beat, contender. Yeah, yep. she's the number one contender. I can definitely see them having Lacey defeat Becky because it doesn't seem like they're unifying the championships because we see her with two belts. So we get the belt off for her and we get it on Lacey. Now she ha- Now if Becky stays on SmackDown Live, now what do we do with her? Who Who is that person? Do, do you want to see them go back to um, Charlotte and Becky? No, I I don't,
2: because I think the story's been told. Like you said, when it comes to WrestleMania, that's usually the end of the story. So that story's been told. Though you could make the case, Charlotte could make the case, that she was never pinned. She was never beaten. It was Ronda that was pinned at WrestleMania 35. So I guess you could go that route. I don't know if people are going to be behind it as much as they were
3: going into WrestleMania 35. But here's the thing. At least you have quality opponents for Becky who have either legitimate gripes or can get heat on her. Charlotte can very easily show up and go, you never beat me. Okay. So think about how, think about how uh, Becky can be made a a a huge underdog because she's getting pulled from both ends she has to deal with Lacey on raw and now maybe she has to deal with charlotte on smackdown and charlotte has a legitimate gripe you never beat me you didn't pin me at wrestlemania blah 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 right there you make becky the underdog again and then coming out of the charlotte uh storyline you could have oscar Ready to be next or vice versa. All we're trying to do here is find quality opponents for Becky Lynch that will be able to put her in the same scenarios as she was leading up to WrestleMania. Other than those three, I'm not sure who, who the right person is. No, uh, unless
2: we get a returning Sasha Banks. You know, maybe this is a whole storyline thing with her being unhappy. She wanted to break off from Bailey because Bailey was dead weight. And she feels she should be in the championship run. She needs to get that championship back to get her back her credibility. And maybe you see her on SmackDown Live and challenging, you know, as a heel, challenging Becky Lynch.
3: If you told me that you're breaking Sasha away and putting Sasha in championship storylines or pictures or matches, I'm totally fine with that because she's a superior wrestler in the ring. She's a superior athlete in the ring. When I, when I look at the women and I look at, you know, Charlotte and Sasha and Asuka and um, Becky and Bailey, I mean, those to me, those are your real standouts. N- Natty obviously is very good too. Yeah, I mean, th- those, those are my standouts. Those are the women I want to see vying for my championships because they can put on quality matches.
2: Well, we'll see if we see Becky tonight, and maybe if we do see Becky tonight, we're going to find out who her next challenger is for that SmackDown Live championship.
1: Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not
1: a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.